Every day, scientists are learning more and more about how human brains work and how many of us don't fit into the old-fashioned understanding of how brains should work. But a lot of ideas about parenting and familial relationships still need to catch up to the reality of human variation. Neurological differences are natural, profoundly valuable parts of being in a community together and in being part of a family. Whoever you are, wherever you are in your journey, I am here to explore with you. We are all in this together. Welcome to NeuroDivergent. talk to you about language in the disability community. Autism and ADHD are both known as neurodevelopmental disorders. I sometimes use that language on my blog and in this podcast because it is the accepted medical terminology. Uh, Disorder is the word most often used in educational settings and honestly the word most people are searching for when they're looking for autism spectrum disorder or ADHD information. But is disorder really the best way to refer to autism and ADHD? It's a good question and a complex one, so we have a good conversation ahead of us today. Before we get into that, I just want to remind you that there is a new article on the blog every week, and one of the recent ones is my four ways to crush it with picture skills. If you've heard of visual schedules, but you aren't sure how they work, or if you do use them already but want some more ideas and examples, head on over to neurodiverging.com and check that post out, and leave a comment or tell a friend. (laughs) I appreciate the support. So let's get into it. ADHD disorders. Are they disorders? What's going on here? So first I'd like to talk about what disorder even is. What do doctors, teachers, and other professionals mean when they refer to ADHD or autism as disorders? Well, they're talking about a classification system. Disorder, the word, comes from the International Classification of Disease, which you may have seen shortened to ICD. It's a method of classifying diseases, injuries, and causes of death. The World Health Organization, or WHO, publishes the ICDs to standardize the methods of recording and tracking cases of diagnosed disease all over the world, which makes it possible to do research on diseases, causes, and treatments all over the world. The WHO has been publishing ICDs since 1962. So right away we can see that having some kind of common classification system for things like autism disorder and ADHD could be really helpful for science just to make sure that one group studying autism is actually studying the same thing as another group studying autism across an ocean. But this is definitely more about the need for study or diagnosis by the professional class or for research rather than something that's useful for the individual with autism or ADHD on the ground. So how does the ICD, the definition, actually define neurodevelopmental disorders, quote unquote, like autism and ADHD. The ICD-10 has a block of those disorders, which must have the following in order to be diagnosed. A, the onset or beginning of seeing the disorder has to happen during infancy or childhood. B, there is some kind of impairment or delay in the development of functions that are in some way strongly related to the biological maturation, the growth of the central nervous system. So functions in this case might include language, visual spatial skills, and motor coordination. So we're looking for some kind of delay or lag in the development of these functions. 
and last that the disorder shows a steady course without remission or relapse so if you hit these three things you're in the block in the icd-10 called specific disorders of psychological development and this block includes developmental language disorder learning disorders motor disorders and autism spectrum disorders and adhd is included as more specifically as a neurodevelopmental disorder. So developmental disorders are present from early life. There's a strong genetic component. The current science is that more males are affected than females, but there's a lot of controversy about whether that's actually true. So again, the word disorder in attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or autism spectrum disorder is basically used in this context to mean not normal. For physicians, it can be important to have a sense of what exists in the range of normal and what does not. So think of a healthy cell versus a cancerous cell, or someone whose blood doesn't clot versus someone whose blood clots correctly. There's a sense where it's important for a professional to be able to tell the difference between a normal functioning uh, cell and a non-functioning one. But a blood clot or an individual cell is a component of a physical body. It's not a person, right? And many people with autism or ADHD claim those diagnoses as identities. So I am an autistic person. I am not an abnormal regular person, right? But why? How is ADHD not a disorder? Well, we have to go back to episode 101 of this podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and listen. Uh, it's a baby podcast. So... Episode 101 was on neurodiversity. Neurodiversity, if you've forgotten, is the movement within the disability community to say, hey, neurodivergent brains are just a genetic variation within the human community. And thus, they are just as valid in how they work than neurotypical brains, as neurotypical brains, right? So neurodivergent and neurotypical brains all deserve to have a world that works for them, where they are allowed and supported to thrive. In fact, we know that autism and ADHD are largely genetic in origin, as I said, something between 50 and 90% genetic. So there's a little environment in there, but a lot of it is how you're growing. Autism is an example of a natural variation. Autism and ADHD are human phenotypes. They are within the range of normal, okay? But that is not the current approach to autism and ADHD for most medical professionals and most therapists, and most educators. I will say in many areas that this is improving and attention is being drawn to it and you bump into more medical professionals and therapists and educators who um, understand neurodiversity now than you did 10 years ago. But still, medical perspective and language presents autism as a disease or a deficit. Autism spectrum disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. They're framed as disabilities and neurodiversity excuse me, neurodivergent folks often have to hear ourselves described in terms of what we lack versus where we excel. We hear words and use words like risk, disease, disorder, impairment, deficit, etc. And just to be clear, I personally would argue that autism is a disability in the sense that it's a structural disability. That means the world is not made for folks with autism. And I'd say the same for ADHD folks. The world is not made for folks with ADHD. So we are disabled by institutions that are not created with us in mind. But that does not mean that our bodies and brains themselves are disabled. Just that disability is created within us by the structures of the world. So when I use disability as of disability theory, 
as I said before, words from the deficit model, sometimes in my blog or in this podcast. So if I say disorder, deficit, risk, impairment, etc., I'm using those words because in certain contexts, being autistic or ADHD does feel like a deficit in certain social structures. But autistic people are not deficient people just because we're autistic. Okay, I just want to be clear about that. So the problem with wording here mostly comes down to the fact that a lot of us uh, autistic and ADHD people want to be able to be equal as divergent, but not as disabled. We don't want to be disabled by our world, but we do want to be seen as equal to neurotypical folks, right? But there's not a lot of language that's popularized throughout society that makes that mission easy to talk about. It's really hard to talk about um, neurodiversity and neurodivergence in a way that implies equality across all kinds of people and all kinds of brains. Thinking through the language and what we actually mean when we call something a disorder is just the first step toward getting to a place where we can be neurodivergent and yet as able as neurotypical folks. Diagnosed or not, an autistic person knows that we're different and we have the right to know that we belong to a distinct minority group. Okay. 75% of autistic people are verbal and learning disability is distinct from autism. So most people in the world know an autistic person, but they might not know that they are autistic. Same thing for ADHD. Huge percentage of people in the world with ADHD. Most people know somebody with ADHD, but they might not know that, um, that they have that diagnosis. Okay. Um, so both autism and ADHD brains are a normal part of the human range. Autistic people and ADHD people are human beings. We're genetically and neurologically distinct, but we are thinking people. We have things we're good at, things that are challenges, and those are outside of of us being a neurodivergent brain. So our challenges aren't always linked to just our divergence, but also to social structures that make it harder for us. And our communication styles are often not accepted in um, like neurotypical life, even though we're kind of working on that, right? But if society accepted us for the way we think and how we communicate, um, we wouldn't be disabled in and of ourselves the way that we are now in this current world. Society can be Uh, narrow and have certain ways they want to do things. And those are usually the majority leads neurotypical ways. As a minority population, neurodiverse people, neuroatypical people have to fight to get our rights recognized and understood. So not only to be accepted, but to be understood in the first place. And that is certainly something we are still working on today. So if you are a medical professional, a therapist, an educator, anybody who works with neurodivergent people, whether you're neurodivergent yourself or not, one thing I would strongly urge you to consider is how you can change your language around neurodiversity. So, you know, autism spectrum disorder, ADHD, for better or worse, the title of our brain has the word disorder in it. And that's not going to change anytime soon, unfortunately. I do think that it wouldn't hurt anybody to push against the ICD and the medical community at large and say, hey, you know, this, uh, the naming of these um, divergences implies disorder. 
and there is no disorder. So, hey, could we change the name of this? <laughs> could we maybe change autism spectrum disorder to autism spectrum brain? I mean, somebody else can come up with a better name, but I'm just saying um, there are certainly people with autism that are disabled, that have physical disabilities, that it doesn't matter how you change the world, there will still be a disability there. But a lot of disabled people are disabled just as much by society and just as much by the world and the structures of the world as they are by their bodies and their brains. So um, so one thing is it would be great if we could just change the names of these to further educate people on the idea that uh, autism is not really a disorder in and of itself. ADHD is not really a disorder in and of itself. It can cause problems in the current modern day society and those problems may need to be treated with therapies or medications, but so do neurotypical problems. <laughs> so, um, you know, that doesn't actually make us much different than neurotypical people in and of itself. So first of all, one way we can address um, getting neurodiversity more into the public consciousness is thinking about the language we're using thinking about when it's appropriate to use what kind of language because language has a lot of power and to some degree we do need to use certain kinds of terminology in some places just to communicate just to get across what we're trying to say and unfortunately in autism and ADHD there isn't currently to my knowledge if you know of any please please write me but to my knowledge there's not really better terminology out there right now that a lot of people are using that removes the whole disorder problem, right? But that doesn't mean that when we're talking about autism and ADHD that we have to always frame it in this deficit model. We don't always have to frame ADHD as a lack of attention. There's lots of things about ADHD that are really hard, but there's also lots of things that are fantastic about ADHD. And a well-adjusted person with ADHD will be able to make you a fantastic list of all the things that they like about ADHD. Same thing for autism. Most of the autistics I know have concerns about how their autism affects them on a day-to-day -day basis, but they wouldn't wake up tomorrow and decide to not be autistic. There are lots of things we can do that, that our brains can do that other people can't, that neurotypical people can't. And I personally, at least, I can speak for myself, would not want to just wake up tomorrow and be a neurotypical person. I don't think it would really solve too many problems. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me. <laughs> I think that the person who decided that the lights should be this way and everything should make weird humming sounds all the time, and why do we have to talk about the weather so much? Those people are the ones with the problem. It's not me, okay? We all have to work together and we all have to make um, some sacrifices for each other and work across lines that can be hard. And I'm not trying to minimize that, right? But the way to get equality for neurodivergent brains and neurotypical brains is to talk to each other, communicate with each other, work on how to make a world that is, allows both of us, all of us, to function our best, to work our best, to play our best, to be happy our best, okay? And the way to do that is to start getting rid of this neurotypical brains are better than neurodiverse brains thing, because that's just not true. Neurodiverse brains and neurotypical brains are equal, okay? Um, and if the world were structured a little better so we were both treated equally, a lot of us would be doing a lot better just on a day-to-day -day basis, okay? So that's the episode for today. I hope it was helpful and gave you something to think about. If you have any questions or any ideas, please do write me uh, 
go to neurodiverging.com and, uh, you know, leave me a comment on this post or write me an email. I would love to hear your thoughts. Remember to check out the new blog posts every week on Monday and new episodes every Thursday. Thank you so much for being here with me. And remember, you are not alone. We are all in this together. Thank you.